the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Colby Conway, at Colby R. Conway. And with me, as always, Matt Sells, at The Sells Man on Twitter. Go ahead and give him a follow. But Matt, before I tell you how tired I am from an early start to the day and a lengthy trip, I'll pass it over to you first. But how is everything going for you? Uh, things going pretty well. Not not too bad, although I made the mistake. Have you ever done this, Colby, where you, you've made a trade earlier in the year in Fantasy Baseball League and you go back and just see kind of how it would have played out knowing what you know now? So I traded Lane Thomas for Vaughn Grissom when Grissom was up with the Braves, mm. hoping that I would at least get a carryover for next year. I don't think that's going to happen. And I'd now be three spots higher if I had held on to Lane Thomas. Um so that's, you know, plenty of season left. There's still like 100 games <laughs> left in the season. Uh, so plenty of season left for things to go up or down. Who knows? Uh, but I, I'm doing okay. Just shouldn't have looked back at the <laughs> at the trade. Yeah, it's one of those, you kind of look at it from a high level and just think, all right, kind of as I'm thinking about this, do I think I'm winning it? Do I think I'm losing it? Maybe right. we and look back, into, maybe we don't. I went into this year not... I know you're supposed to compete to win every year, but this was a year where I was going to reload and mm-hmm. reopen my window for the next few years because mm-hmm. uh, of the way the format goes. Uh, not to mention, I wasn't even supposed to draft my team. That's a whole different story. But anyway, so like I was looking for carryovers. And I was like, eh, Vaughn Grissom could be a pretty solid carryover next year. Um, turns out he would not make my list at this point, obviously in the minors, but eh, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but yeah, from a from a high level, it's like Lane Thomas isn't doing anything. Well, yeah, he kind of is actually. <laughs> yep, he's helping a lot of my underdog teams. Actually, he was one of my favorite late round guys to take, and I've been pleasantly surprised. And especially at that point in drafts, it didn't matter. Like what he's doing now is just a bonus. But right, yeah, he he has been quite good. I'll tell you this: it was a kind of a positive and negative in terms of like today. So obviously, I was up at three fifty to get on the road to get back here before we recorded and just to get back down to home from a wedding that we attended. And I woke up this morning, excuse me. I did get Ellie De La Cruz in TGFBI and I now have $2 the rest of the year. How much did it cost you? Well, okay. So this is like the, you know, you take the both sides, the scale, right? So the good is I got Ellie De La Cruz. (laughs) The bad news I paid, Either five eighty six or five sixty six. I don't remember what the number was. The next closest bid was four twenty. Yeah. See, our pal James Grande, an occasional podcast guest, uh, bid. I think it was six hundred bucks and was outbid by a hundred and eight. Yeah, I mean, there I well, there were people nine ninety five in one of the in one of the TTFBI <clears throat> leagues. Yeah, I don't remember who got them? But nine ninety five. I'm not surprised. There were a couple people, yeah, a couple people in the league that or the league division that I'm in for TGFBI I had well, well more than what I had. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I like to have a couple of those tens of dollars back, sure. But when I get to plug Ellie De La Cruz now in my lineup that also has Lane Thomas and some guy named Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, where the offense is is looking good there. But yeah. you know, some of those guys say we're going to talk about the Reds in a a segment or two coming up here that we're going to debut this week and carry, maybe carry it out the rest of the season. We'll have to see how it goes. But first, as always, Matt, we have to talk about injuries and the two big ones. It seems this week is a theme, but since the last time that we have talked, a couple of sluggers, some of the game's best have gone down with injuries. Most notably 
Jordan Alvarez of the Houston Astros and Pete Alonzo of the New York Mets. And previously it was Aaron Judge. All three different issues. Oblique for Jordan, which I do not like. Hand slash wrist slash finger for Pete Alonzo, which I double do not like. And then Aaron Judge with the, the I believe it says big toe, which big toe. sounds small, but very important in terms of how the body operates and just especially you know, when walks. you're six foot seven. Like yeah, that's a very big toe on a six foot seven dude. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So and these he's are, fixing ballparks. The Dodgers, the Dodgers said they were going to pad the part of the fence he ran into uh, that caused him to go on the IL. So uh, that's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, I'm a little disconcerted with Dusty Baker's response to Jordan's injury. He was basically like, "I, I don't know, man. We're just going to bury hatchets and go on." Like that doesn't sound good. Right, <laughs> like if the manager's writing him off, and he's like, "I have no idea when he's coming back." Uh, well, and he he also said, you know, when they asked about his if he could return return shortly after the ten day window, I'm looking at this on MLB.com, and he goes, "I'm not really sure, but probably not." That's a big man with some big muscles to heal. AKA, he's not coming back anytime close to that ten day window. Right. Also, what is it with the uh, managers just loving the muscles on their dudes, like? It's this, this new this new era of athlete. It's this new this new era of athlete. Those the older managers are just not used to. You know, I hate to say use the cliche, but they're they're honestly just built different these days. That's what it is. Right, but didn't Boone like wax poetic about Stanton or something I mean, a little bit? Of, prob- I don't know. Probably. Um, yeah, not not great. At least Pete Alonso's got a timeline at this point, three to four weeks, which at this point is now like two to three weeks, basically. Judge, they're still not sure on a timeline. Um, hopefully, it's a minor one, but it is a sprain on a toe, so you kind of gotta, uh, you know, see exactly what's up. At least for him, they could get him back DHing and not have to play him in the outfield. The other guys, you're likely gonna have to play the field, except for, I mean, Jordan obviously DHs generally, but yeah, yeah, that that Houston lineup takes a hit. And we talked about this a bit before we got on. I'm going to come back to the Mets because I'm going to let you ex- expound upon that a little bit. But the Yankees, obviously, they have you know the the resurgence of Willie Calhoun to hold down the middle of that lineup in Judge's absence. Meanwhile, the Mets are just going for listen. The Mets have a type. That's all I'm saying. The Mets have a type. They like the big sluggers that maybe don't hit all that well, but they fill out a uniform. I want to say very well, but not in the way that and, most and people mean it when they say button. it. Yeah. The Mets have a type. That's the that's the moral of the story. The Mets have a type. Yeah, uh, Luke Voigt has been signed to a minor league contract uh, by the Mets. I also hear rumors that Ronnie Mauricio, their shortstop prospect, is going to be called up this week. Though I'm not sure how that exactly helps because they don't really need help up the, up the middle. Like I'd... Well, clearly he's going to come up to sit, right? Because that's what half of them do anyway. That's just well, the, so my only thought him. is that do you play Mauricio at third and then you put Beatty at first to take over for Alonzo? I mean, Vogelbach's I mean, got to stay in the lineup. I mean, that's what they have. That's that's a non-negotiable. Right. Vogelbach's the, the only locked-in dude in that, yeah. in that lineup. Yes. Uh, they have Vientos, too, I guess you could put yeah. him. So bench like, bat. Bench like, bat. That's what they're like, saying. Right. I don't get why. Like, Mauricio is good, but, like, I don't really think he helps him. So Luke Voigt, don't worry about him. We're just saying he kind of fills out the uniform like they like. He's their type, and you can't he quit is. your type. 
He so. is. That's what a three hundred or four hundred million dollar roster gets you is Luke Voigt on a minor league contract. Yep, and Daniel Vogelbach, a near everyday player. And Mets fans asking for everybody to be fired every day. Every single day. And maybe it's sometimes it's it's him get fired or play the youngsters. It's just it's it's a broken record on Twitter, but it's true. Or Buck needs to be fired or some some trio of that. Or it, their hitting it, coach it's needs to be fired, or the trainers need to be fired. I think they tried to fire City Field at one point. It's not good. Nope, not good in New York. And then, of course, Matt, it's closers. It's always something with these closers, man. I'll tell you what. So, unfortunately, we got three to talk about. Well, two closers and one not real closer yet. But Liam Hendricks, elbow. He's going to be out for the next couple of weeks. Ryan Helsley goes on the IL with the dreaded forearm issue. And I, I, I don't want to do I told you so. I don't want to play that game. I will because I did. Okay, then did I'll let it. you do it because I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You said I, it. But I did say it. A guy that throws max velocity at 102 miles an hour with max effort is going to get hurt. That's what happened. Yep. And Ben Joyce has it, what they're calling hand irritation, but also some sort of a nerve issue. So before we talk about Joyce and the Angels, Matt, for the White Sox and the Cardinals, now that their main ninth inning options are gone, in St. Louis, it almost seems pretty simple that the majority, the lion's share of the save opportunities are just going to go to Giovanni Gallegos. That one seems, I'm pretty confident with that one. But with the White Sox, it can they continue to roll Kendall Graveman out there in the ninth? I know he has a save in the past couple of days, but he also blew one. But Reynaldo Lopez has been pitching quite well of late. Yeah, of late. If you look at his seasonal numbers, his ERA and FIP and whatnot are not great. Neither is his walk rate. He strikes out a bunch of dudes. But he's getting better, and you have nothing to lose at this point but try him out there. Clearly, he's not starting, right? He's not a starter. Uh, Graveman, not great, right? There's nothing to write home about there. You're not saving that many game chances in Chicago at this point to the fact, to the point where Tim Anderson has been rumored to be trade bait at this point at the deadline, which is crazy to me. Um, so I would give Lopez a shot. I mean, I don't think you want to trust Joe Kelly there. There's just a bunch of, I don't know. Would you stick Garrett Crochet? In the you quarter could, role? Like you could consider it. I mean, Joe Kelly could maybe see some chances. He seems like he, he'll be traded. He just seems like a guy that's going to get traded come, yeah. come the break. But, yeah, I mean, to me, it's one of those things where I think it's going to be a split between Grayman and Lopez. As a fantasy manager who is completely unbiased but has a lot of shares of Reynaldo Lopez, I am hoping that it goes to Lopez. But I could understand them until July, let it go to Graveman, ship him out, let Lopez ride out the rest of the year with whatever yeah. Chicago can throw out there after post July. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Look, the, the strikeout upside is worse with Graveman, but the walks are lower, right? Lopez higher strikeouts, but sometimes he doesn't quite know where that ball's going, uh, which is not always the best thing in a closer, um, which is why I find it interesting. They haven't at least tried Garrett crochet because uh, his stuff is filthy. Um the lefty closer is also pretty nice to have. Mm -hmm. um, granted, it's not been th – this year has not been a great, great thing for Crochet, to be honest. 
But maybe it's because they flipped his role. I don't know. And then uh, from a fantasy from a fantasy standpoint too, there to me, if Lopez can continue the streak, he's got a twelve inning scoreless streak working now. He yeah. seems the one to be the most fantasy intriguing. I mean, Gallegos obviously because he'll actually get save chances and be the main guy there. But in Chicago, from a fantasy standpoint, if yeah. we're looking at the ninth inning when all things are going well, Lopez has the higher ceiling as the fantasy closer. Yes. Yep. And then with the Angels, I mean, Joyce wasn't closing. He's not pitching back-to-back days because it's something he's never done in his major league career. And at this point, I don't know if we'll ever see it, to be honest. But from fantasy standpoint, outside of a couple strikeouts and throwing hard, that's pretty much all he was providing here at this point in the year. So nothing's going to really change in the back end of that bullpen. It's still Estevez. It's, he's still the main guy. But for those in, like, dynasty formats maybe that were holding on to Joyce, I mean, we're still going to hold on to him here. But it's just – it's he seems more like – flashy than actual fantasy production that it seems like we're going to get from him at this point until he actually gets to the ninth inning role, which isn't happening this year. Yeah. He's like a TikTok pitcher. Like mm. he looks good on highlight reels, but in actuality it doesn't do any good for you. Right. Yeah. Like the TikTok trends, they look cool and all jazzy and everything. And then you try it in real life and it goes disastrous. It doesn't help anybody. There's no value to it. He throws 102, but he doesn't throw back-to-back days. He needs every ounce of energy and and body motion to get it there. And now he can't even grip a baseball because his hand is irritated. Yep. Like, and there's rumors that it's nerve-related, which is never good, right? Those things are – it's like tracking a short in a wire. It's not a great – it's not a great endeavor to be on. Yep. Yep, I agree with you there. And of course, over at fantasyalarm.com, Justin Fensterman does the injury report. So he highlights everything that you need to know of injuries around Major League Baseball, hitters, pitchers. He's got it all for you there. But the last one I do want to touch on here, Matt, before we jump to the next segment, Vinny Pasquantino, Vinny P, the you know the Kansas City Royals first baseman. He is going to be out with shoulder instability, going to miss about a week and a half or so. If Nick pra- Nick Prado is still available in your leagues, he seems like the one to add. He may already be added in deeper leagues anyway because he's been performing quite well, but maybe shallower leagues need to start paying more attention to Prado here for the Royals for the, at least the next week and a half, at least. Yeah, and by the way, it's an ill-timed uh, giveaway this weekend. The Royals are giving away a Vinny P. Ooh. Uh, bobblehead with another teammate of his so that's always it's, ne- it's never great when the guy's bobblehead you're giving away isn't on the field that day um so yeah Prado is, is a perfectly fine replacement basically gives you the exact same stuff that Vinny P was getting maybe a tad lower contact rates but not not noticeable over a short run so if he's available and you need help there at either utility or first or corner infield Prado's a perfectly fine guy to get. Yep, 471 slug here in June does have a near 46% strikeout rate, which is less than ideal, but still managing to hit 265. So luck is on He's his side. He's literally the right definition now. of a three true outcome hitter. <laughs> yep. Yep. That, that is fair. But so those, once again, those are the some injuries this week. Head over to fantasyalarm.com. Check out the fantasy baseball injury report by the one and only Justin. Fensterman. So Matt, quick segment here. We're going to do a little bit here of something called flavor of the week. So we're going to take something around the major league baseball landscape or the fantasy baseball landscape, compare it to some sort of flavor of food, something like that, just to kind of take, take this game that we play of fantasy baseball, this game that we watch and relay it and relate it 
to something out there that's, you know, maybe commonplace or maybe in Matt's case, maybe not so commonplace, depending on how you're going about it. But so for the first, the debut edition of this flavor of the week, Matt, I'm going to let you go first with this prestigious honor. Okay. So mine, uh, the flavor of the week, you know, we're rolling into summer, not quite there yet. We got about a week before summer officially starts, but it's starting to get hot for everybody. Um, and if you're of a certain age, you remember drinking, you know, water out of the hose, right? You'd go out and play. You wouldn't come back for a drink. You'd just turn on the spigot and go drink water out of the hose. All good. And then you take a minute to notice what the hose has been sitting in, right? You got the leaks are starting to come in. We got dirt kind of, and you're like, oh, well, that was convenient, but maybe not the best thing to do. Yeah, we're, we're talking about fantasy baseball lineups with this one. Why does it pertain to hose water? Because it's convenient to just look past some of the names that you think are just, oh, I can just leave these guys here. But then when you actually look at it, they may be doing more harm than good. Maybe you should have taken an extra little bit of time to go in and get that tap water or the filtered water or the bottled water you might be drinking, right? Let's take a look at some of these guys over the last two weeks that might have just been left in your lineup. Francisco Lindor, right? He's big name dude over the last two weeks. He's hit three homers, stole two bags. Okay, he's only hitting 167. Not not ideal, right? Maybe he needs a break. How about another Met? Brandon Nimmo hitting 167 with only one home run, right? And no steals. So this speedy guy isn't stealing anything, okay? We got some other guys. How about Javi Baez? He made news for not striking out for six straight games earlier in this year. He was hitting pretty well, right? Last 14 days. Hitting 184 with a 196 OBP and one homer. So he's not helping you in any of your ratios. Not helping you in any counting stats. He also plays for the Tigers, who, by the way, in case you haven't noticed, have sucked. How about Ian Happ? The guy who everybody loves is a power-hitting outfielder for the Cubs. The Cubs have been kind of fun to watch, right? He's hitting 186 with no homers, uh, three runs, two RBI in the last 14 days. So these are all guys that we just kind of look past and it's convenient to just leave them in there. And we'd rather focus on, you know, switching out some other, some other folks. Maybe we should take a deeper look at these and maybe we should take the time instead of going to drink the hose water, which is perfectly fine. Sometimes if it's all hung up and, you know, not sitting in dirt and it's not leaking from the spigot and whatever, and, and get some tap water, some filtered water, some of that Brita, you know, Take some time with your fantasy bit. This is the time of year where you separate yourself from the pack. The dog days of summer are upon us. This is where you separate. So, so take the time to not just go for the hose water. I agree. Filtered over not. All, all day there. If I had my choice, I'd go sparkling. But, I mean, you know, we can't have it all. We can't have it all the time. Not the biggest fan of the flavor of sparkling water, to be honest. No. Well, once we're done recording here, I'm going to get a bubbly or a LaCroix, whatever I have in the in the fridge but i i like that one so for me i went a little bit different i, I compared it to a restaurant so when you look at the cincinnati reds team you know their high-end young talent have some good options and then to be fair a lot of mediocre options that's pretty much how it looks from the fantasy standpoint and reality now think about when you're a kid a little bit younger you know golden corral is an awesome place there's so many different options. Chocolate fondue, man. There's literally something for everybody. But regardless of, I'm going to say probably pre, like as you're getting into high school, you start kind of phasing out of the Golden Corral. Or if you still go there, you know, you've, you've honed in 
on your couple of main things, right? So when I used to go to Golden Corral, I went right to that meat station. I went right for the bread. And then you ended it at the chocolate fondue. Those were my three superstars there. Everything else, meh. Salad bar, I don't want to be anywhere near that thing. Don't need it. Don't need it. So for me, when I look at this Reds team, it's like Golden Corrals right now. If they're mediocre. Golden Corrals never was never my first pick, never my last pick. It's pretty much where they're at in the standings, hanging out in the middle. Then you look at this team, Ellie De La Cruz, Andrew Abbott, Jonathan India, Spencer, Spencer Steer. Right there is my steak. Right there is the rolls. Right there is the French fries that are right near the steak. And the chocolate and the chocolate fondue found right at the end for dessert. Like there's there's the superstars. Everything else, nah. All replaceable. Not even going to go anywhere near it. This Reds team is like Golden Corral. Excellent comparison. Excellent. Think about that. And that's just and that's how it goes. And when you talk to somebody else, there might be an, a healthy person who wants to go and be like, "Oh, I love the salad at Golden Corral," which I've never heard anybody say for the record. But you know. You know, and when you look back on it too, after you've had like really good steak, you realize that the steak's really not all that good at Golden Corral. But when you're younger, it's amazing because you just go up there, they make it for you, and then right next to the steak was always the, and it was never like the shoestring fries. It was always right. like, I guess you'd probably call them more like potato wedges. I guess yeah, they were a little like thicker, steak, like potato wedges or steak fries. Yeah, they were thick. They were good. And every now and then, you know, I'd try to like balance it out and go over and get a cup of fruit or something. But that all that was to do was to basically say like, hey, I had fruit with this. Now I can go have the chocolate fountain and do all that and dip the strawberries, dip the marshmallows, all of the good stuff. So I like that one. I like the hose water in terms of your comparison, not actually in terms of doing, you know, actually drinking from the hose water. Right. Again, filtered, sparkling, filtered, tap, hose. That's probably how I would... How I would go with it yeah, from there, but Fiji, like Fiji's the one I that water's delicious. I only ever get Fiji, like if I'm going on road trips or stuff, you stop at a gas station, get, gas, I get the one liter bottles, and then just yep. milk that thing for as long as I <laughs> that's right. That's yep. that's the only way to do it. And then you keep then you keep the uh if you don't have a good water bottle, you keep that and just keep refilling it. And everyone's like, Wow, this person drinks a lot of Fiji. And it's like, Well, I did uh-huh. once the past eleven haven't been, but exactly that's 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 <laughs> like how it goes. Do in college, we would have gooses oh, yeah. And we yep. buy one bottle of Grey Goose. And then when you're done with it, you refill it with the bottom shelf so that you're still pouring out of Grey Goose and people think they're getting Goose. But it's like yeah. Barton's or Viaca or yeah. some of those hey. terrible vodkas. It's all, it's all about the optics. It's all about yeah. appearance, presentation. That's how it is. And but Golden Corral. That's right. That's right. And Golden Corral. And then use Alarm 50 for 50% off six months of all access at fantasyalarm.com. It gives you access to our award-winning DFS Playbook Pro, access to Discord, exclusive DFS tools, features, and more. And if you have a flavor of the week and you're in the Discord, post it. And if we do this next Monday or some sort of variation of it, we're going to read the best one that we agree on or some of the best ones, depending on how many we get in there. So once again, use Alarm 50 for 50% off six months of all access at fantasyalarm.com. And Matt, to wrap up this week, we're going to come back. We didn't do it last week. We're coming back to it. We're coming back to what I'm going to say is everyone's favorite game show in America, where I'm your host. And you are the, I guess that makes you the contestant or the participant, however you want to name it. But it is time for Name That Player. So Matt, I'm going to tell you here, this is an NL East left-handed starting pitcher. Okay? I'm being nice by giving you their throwing arm. But here it is. NL East left-handed starting pitcher. So while I may have just two wins across 12 starts this season, I'm on pace for the best strikeout rate of my career and my 4.1 ERA 
is higher than my 365 FIP and 305 XFIP. However, my expected ERA sits at 5.11 and a 12th percentile average exit velocity and 9th percentile hard hit rate lead some concerns that exist around my pitching profile. Again, going for a career-high best in strikeout rate, have a 75th percentile whiff rate, and an 84th percentile chase rate. And then I've also added a cutter into my pitch mix, which has helped switch things up a little bit and keep opposing batters on edge. One thing to note with me, whether it's via player props, if it's seasonal and you're looking for streaming options, I have a 2.29 ERA on the road this year, but a 6.35 earned run average at home. So, Matt, who is this NL East starting Southpaw? I'm heading down 95, the part that gets past the collapsed part in Philly there. And we're going all the way as south as we can go. We're going to Miami. Are you Braxton Garrett? You got it. And Garrett does have six or more strikeouts in six of his last seven starts. The only one was in cores when he only racked up three, but nine against the White Sox, six against the Royals, seven against the Padres, eight against the Giants in Reds. So Garrett's a guy, he has allowed less than or two or fewer earned runs in six of his last seven. So he is pitching well of late. There are some home road splits, but is Garrett a guy that we can trust as more of a streamer at this point? Because it seems like for most of his career, it's been a little Jekyll and Hyde. We have some good, we have some bad, and it's in good strikeout matchups, he's a guy to target. But outside of that, can we trust Garrett long term? No, I think you gotta I think you gotta do what you you just said. We're streaming him, or if you have him on if you want to pick him up, only play him when he's got uh road starts. And if that means that he's got a two start week and one of them is on the road and one of them is at home, you gotta balance the matchup at who he's playing at home right like it's gonna be tricky but that's what i would say i don't think he's a plug and play guy just yet he's pitching better but we'll just keep playing him on the road he is on the road in his next start against the washington nationals are you a fan of that one because washington does hit lefties kind of well though they they do but they are so jekyll and hyde on offense i would take a (laughs) shot trust me i watch like every game they're learning how to win it's not going very well sometimes (laughs) fair enough there and the last the last question here for this week's name that player. So NL West catcher should be pretty easy. I hope I've bounced around a bit the past two seasons after spending the first seven years of my career for an ALE squad, but specifically with my new team here in 2023, I've got five home runs and 12 RBI across 15 games while slashing 256, 304, 651. As expected, the strikeout rate is still north of 30%. I hardly walk and I leave the strike zone with regularity. However, my current 8.1 swinging strike rate with my new team would be the lowest in my career by a wide margin. I've narrowed this down pretty good for you, Matt, but who is this NL West catcher? Uh, That would be ex-Yankee. Is he a great? I don't know. Gary Sanchez. Yep, and I mean, honestly... He's in the Padres Hall of Fame right now, though, for for the week he just had. (laughs) He is, but it's, it's it's the same story with Sanchez. When he makes contact, good things can probably happen. But the frequency of the contact leaves a good bit to be desired. And the strikeouts are never going away. They're just never going away. Now, catcher is so weak that if you got Sanchez, ride him while he's hot. There is no there's no harm in doing so. Just do it. Leave him in the starting lineup. And then once he comes back down to earth and he has that stretch where he's inevitably going to go one for 18 with 11 strikeouts, you cut bait then. But enjoy it. Enjoy it while the good times are here with Gary Sanchez. Yep, that's exactly what I told somebody in Discord this week was 
just ride the hot streak. The other guy's <clears> not – I mean, catcher's nothing special, right, unless you have a top three or four dude. Everything else is streamable. Yep. Absolutely. And like Matt just said, we are answering questions in Discord. So use Alarm50 over at FantasyAlarm.com for 50% off your six months of all access. Get access to Discord, all of our exclusive DFS tools, award-winning DFS playbook, excuse me, and more. And Matt, I'm excited to say here that while we are wrapping up this week, we will be back later this week with a second edition this week. Later on in the week, we're going to be talking about some waiver wire guys, some streamers, we're going to have a little bit of fun maybe talking about some other topics around Major League Baseball. I hope to God that we don't have many big injuries to talk about. I don't like talking about them. They are no fun. So keep an eye out later this week for the next edition that we have here. But give me a follow on Twitter at Colby R. Conway. Give Matt Sells a follow on Twitter at The Sells Man. And we will see you later this week with the next edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.